Hi everyone, welcome to Zoomies, your dog podcast. I'm Adriana Milne, your local dog trainer from Pet Pals Dog Training, and thank you for joining me this afternoon on Radio Karen. I had a little break over the past few weeks. I actually was uh, overseas visiting my family in uh, my native Brazil, seeing my elderly father, and um, I went via the U.S., so I've been away for about oh, quite close to six weeks. A good break, hey. So, um, yes, there's a lot of things that I wanted to talk to you about, some things that I observed when I was away, and uh, obviously doggy things. And uh, so that'll be my doggy chat today. So uh, in regards to going via the U.S., it was very exciting. So I haven't been via the U.S. before getting to Brazil. And it was a long time ago when I went from New York, when I lived in London in the 80s. And uh, so in regards to things that I observe involving dogs in America, well, for a start, the airport, I have seen uh, so many dogs around the airport and it surprised me a lot. And you're not talking only about assistant dogs you, or guide dogs. You're talking about your pet dog. So one of the first things that attracted my attention was that I could see there were specific and design areas for pet loose, pet-friendly dog poos, dog loose toilets. So then these pet relief areas were after passing the security at the airport, okay? And they're very well marked. They had um, a big photo of a dog, and they have, like, impossible not to see. And I went inside, obviously. I was curious, and I took photographs. And uh, it was a very well-designed setup. So they have, like, a, a little shower jet, so it could be rinsed out. Any little messy things that uh, they did on the toilet section and on the, the shower section, and they had a sink, and the pool bags were there. So uh, I took photos of all different angles, and they even had like almost like a post, you know, the dogs like sometimes leaning towards a post um, to do a little wee. So they had a simulation of areas like that. And I thought, wow, so cool. So that impressed me quite a lot. Another thing that impressed me a lot were that just hanging around like, on the um, check-in counters and things, I could see some people holding dogs. Not the very big dogs, but on those particular occasions, I saw like small, medium-sized dogs. And I got to approach some people and just ask, uh, are, is it an assistant dog or is it a, a therapy dog? So and just said, no, they're just coming here to say bye to their pet mom that's going to travel. You know, so dogs in America, they are allowed to come to the airports, not just for traveling, they are to say bye and farewell their pet parent. Okay, so they're much more like um, incorporated on the daily life of the um, uh, the daily routine of people. You know, they can come more to places. So obviously you could see it with the, the guide dogs with the jackets and you could see them assistant dogs uh, being boarded. But one of the things, too, that I could see that dogs were actually traveling. They were traveling in little small carriers, pet carriers, with their owners. You could see them checking in, um, in the checking gates of the airlines. So then I started researching a bit more and asking more questions. So what we can find out is that a lot of U.S. airlines allow dogs in the cabin uh, in this current times, 2023. And now of the major U.S. airlines, uh, they actually have to have like a small size or uh, a mid-sized dog, and there's a weight limitation. Some airlines have no weight limit at all, such as the United Airlines, 
American Airlines um, only on the first class. Business class has a limit of nine kilos, uh, dog weight. Uh, or the, with no weight limit, the Delta Airlines and the Southwest Airlines. The noting, though, that there are maximum dimensions that uh, pet carriers, you know, are allowed in, in, on board. You're not talking about dispatching or putting your pet is like uh, on the cargo compartment. You're talking about on board the plane with you, carried with you. So as the pet carriers need to fit under the seat in front of you, wherever you sit. So your pet's going to need to be comfortably fit and move comfortably inside this little pet carrier, okay? There are some airlines that let you buy an extra seat and have your pet on the, the seat of the carrier, on the pet carrier, on the adjoining seat to you. More or less the cost how much it costs to have a pet coming with you on a plane. The fees vary around 50 US dollars to 125 US. You're talking about national, okay, traveling within the US. So these airlines obviously going to have to book the pet seats in advance and uh, they'll have information on their um, websites about these matters. So some of the, um, for example, Airlines that have a particular pet policy, I can mention like Alaskan Airlines. For Alaskan Airlines, uh, I know not everybody gonna hit towards the Alaskan uh, frontiers, <laughs> but for example, small pets are allowed to fly in the cabin on the Alaskan Airlines flights, including dogs, cats, rabbits, and even birds. Can you imagine? It's very different concept over there. Up to three carriers are permitted on first class plus eight carriers on the main cabin. And there are obviously small measurements that apply. And each passenger can travel with up to two pet carriers, but they need to pay for the additional seat and pay for both pet fees. Okay, so if you're going to have two pet carriers, two pets, two additional pet fees. So this in regards the um, the airlines in the U.S. So, and then in, on the local transport in America... Uh, there are different regulations occurred in different states as well, but on average, on local transport, a small dog in a carrier bag can travel for free. If the dog is too large to travel on local transport, an, another alternative to be used is Uber. Uber is huge over there. It's huge here, but there is crazy. It's huge. As long as he's in a carrier, that your pet is in a carrier. Some cities actually offer Uber pet options as well. So they've got a particular different service called Uber, but within Uber, another choice is Uber Pet. Some of the places uh, in the U.S. where dogs are allowed, obviously the pet shops, yeah, within the pet shops, and there's some huge pet centers over there, in home improvement stores such as Home Depot and Lowe's, department stores such as Nordstrom, that's a very big department store over there, bookstores, Baseball stadiums, Costco, Ikea, Walmart, Whole Foods, and Menards. On grocery stores and food service establishments, typically they don't allow dogs indoors due to health regulations, of course. But many places actually allow dogs outside when the venue has an outdoor eating area. Okay, And in this place is a great chance to ask if they've got um, on offer a puppuccino for your dog. So what I found out was doing some more research. Some of the most dog-friendly cities in the USA, which are Tucson, Arizona, Tampa, 
Florida, San Francisco, California. That is a city that I visited and spent a week there, and I'll talk a little bit more about it soon. In San Francisco, it actually has 193 dog-friendly restaurants, bars, and breweries. Wow, can you imagine? That is awesome. After Portland, Oregon, Colorado Springs in Colorado, San Diego, California. Okay, I have been to LA, Los Angeles, and I can tell you that uh, I found Los Angeles being very pet friendly as well. But San Francisco is another league <laughs> in, it, in itself. Um, okay, and then what else happens in regards to hotels? There are quite a few hotels that accept dogs in the US. I actually could see the, some of the hotels that I stayed. Some nice hotel chains, then they really, you could see the, the, the pets on, um, being carried on a lift or a person holding a small dog. And you could see on front of the hotel before you enter um, the area, the lobby area, you could see like this dog pool areas and um, the bags all hold the specific place where you can pick the dog pool, uh, the stands. And um, they have special things for dogs overall. Uh, dog menus on the, you know, like room service dog menus. And I was very surprised. I thought, gee, that's so much that we could learn from them. Uh, shopping centers, they, the dogs can actually go to quite a few shopping centers. Obviously, there's uh, online, you need to do a research and find out, find them out where they actually can go. But they are out and about. And, you know, the public transport, in trains, in buses, on the subway. And um, it doesn't mean that they can be off leash. No, they must be with a collar, with a lead. And uh, ideally, the small and medium dogs um, in some cities on the public transport, you definitely need to research. They only allow it on a pet carrier. Other cities, the public transport, they're a bit more flexible. They let the dog be just let on a lead and uh, without having to be inside a carrier. But I, I thought there was so much to learn and uh, good tips for Australia to move towards this direction as well. So we're going to go for a very short break now, and uh, you're listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen with Adriana. Hello, my name is Dave Graney. I am an underworld musician of many years standing. I'm here to ask you to tune into my fellow traveller, my comrade, Radio Karen. Hi everyone, welcome to Zoomies with Adriana on Radio Karen. So, um, in uh, San Francisco, some of the things that attract my attention, obviously I had the pleasure to be shown around the town by an ex-classmate of mine of my university course, and uh, who lives in San Francisco and happens to be an air host of United Airlines. So, he showed me so much around here. On top of that is a, tour, a local tour guide, and I couldn't have been in better hands. So, some of the things that I... I thought it was very bizarre for me. It's like passing the Golden Gate, you've got an area, very rural areas, a like mountain area, and it's a great, great place with great lookouts to take photographs of the Golden Gate. But the fog is so heavy in, in some of the days in San Francisco that you actually, you know, like you have to wait until the clouds and the fog passes a bit. But while we're waiting for the best uh, position to get the best shot, I could see on these areas there was signage about mountain lions and coyotes. And here we were in one of the lookouts, just waiting, waiting, and then it comes a little teenager coyote out of this bush area. And you, you see the coyote staring at you, 
Uh, I've seen coyotes in the zoos before, but it is quite different to see one like a close range, few meters away from you. And your first instinct is, oh, trying to say hello. But no, they're wild, wild animals. Um, they might want to get a bit too close to you looking for food, and it's not a great idea. But definitely, that's something that the local people who live uh, in San Fran need to be aware of, because some of these suburbs, they actually margin with these park areas, reserve areas where these animals live. And if you have a park and you've got a small dog, and he's off-leash, frolicking and running and chasing a ball. Some are actually these mountain lions and coyotes can be just hidden behind the bushes. And if they had a chance, they can just come and just grab your little pet. And that's it. Gone. So um, I started researching when I was there. And actually, these accidents do happen. They are not like out of this world. They actually happen, especially in the suburbs margin to, you know, these uh, bush areas. So that's another reality for us, can you imagine? And there are parks uh, in San Francisco, there are marks. Your dog must be on leash at all times and keep an eye because uh, you're going to have your resident coyote hanging around from time to time. So, yeah, it's another world. And <laughs> how <laughs> would you think something like that existed? Oh, yes, that's just not that far away from the suburbs, but... It's just like a, this r mountain area that surrounds uh, passing the Golden Gate and margin of the other suburbs in San Francisco. So very interesting indeed. So um, that's the part. How, how did you find in San Francisco? I had a bit of contact with dogs. I went to a park. I was in, staying uh, in a lovely area called Knob Hill where I went to watch a concert of one of my favorite uh, rock stars that uh, had a presentation, uh, a show at the Masonic. And uh, then uh, just killing time there and after tra uh, traveling and uh, doing the city tour, I was just sitting a bit in the park and I saw these lovely dogs playing. Uh, Nob Hill is an area with gorgeous hotels, surrounds and gorgeous hotels. And I was just chatting to the locals about how we used to have a dog in San Francisco. So it's been very, very good experiences. And uh, they don't, they have dogs of leash areas, but obviously some people use some local parks that have a bit of a fence area. Um, and the dogs just congregate and seem to do well. So it was lovely to see just like a Pomeranian cross that actually was a straight dog and just befriended me so much and I started cuddling and didn't want to leave my side. <laughs> so, uh, and a uh, good, good chat with the owner for a few minutes. So then I went to Brazil as well. Obviously, I'm Brazilian born and I was trying to see how is the... Um, the experiences that I had, how I could witness the world of dogs have changed since the four years ago that I've been there, 2019. And then I started researching a little bit because I saw, oh, things have changed. Some quite more uh, flexible and more dog-friendly uh, Brazil has become since the last time I've been. So then I started researching. Let's see. And then some of the facts that came in regards to Brazil is that, for example, where dogs can go, shopping centers... Some shopping centers are low, small dogs that are uh, carried by the owner, okay? Carried, like, you know, holding the, the small dogs. So uh, others are low dogs, small and medium size, as long as they're wearing a collar and a lead, of course. Others are low dogs of all sizes, with exception of the food courts, that are uh, for obvious reasons because there are, you know, health uh, safety regulations, uh, with the exception of guide and assistant dogs. Some of the coffee shops and restaurants, um, I was traveling by um, bus on a, on a small league, like going from Rio Grande do Sul, where my family lives, to Florianópolis, 
where um, I was going to stay with a relative. And uh, we are in this lovely place. They had a break for lunch break halfway. And then I could see where a lot of buses stop, you know, for, as I said, for a break, before carrying on on a long journey because Porto Alegre to Florianópolis is about six hours by bus, but they are very nice, uh, comfortable buses. And then you could see, even inside this compound, there was the restaurants, the eatery, the bistro, and actually there's a section just where people could sit and have the dogs. You know, the dogs sitting there beside, and they were allowed indoors. So because most of the time it's just outside when, uh, in, you know, open air. So then hotels, yeah, hotels. A lot of hotels in Brazil let dogs come in and, uh, you know, be booked. Obviously, there's an extra fee uh, in the case. In the U.S., the extra fee to have a dog it varies. Usually, it was about an extra $75 U.S. And in Brazil, obviously, uh, it varies according to each hotel chain. Chain, sorry. <laughs> My um, English is a little bit rusty due to six weeks talking Portuguese mostly. So, and then um, it's nice to see that they're actually coming and, and taking holidays with owners, not just like in cottages or small places on Airbnb that are only dog-friendly, like hotels. Now the hotels chain incorporating a change in their views and letting dogs come and be part of the, the family holiday. So, um, in case the airlines, okay. Airlines in Brazil, uh, you have, for example, the ones that are most used at the go. They allow in the planes um, a, a dog up to 10 kilos, including the weight the weight of the dog combined with the pet carrier in the national trips. The Latin is about 7 kilos in economy class, and that is as well combined the uh, pet carrier weight and the dog weight. And Azul, Azul that's um, a budget airline but is growing quite fast, and it's great because I got an ex-classmate of mine who is a pilot for a zoo. I'm very happy for him. And then it's five kilos, including the weight of the pet carrier nationally. Okay. And what is required for the, the dog to be able to travel with you inside the plane? When I say this, is I'm talking inside the plane, not just as cargo. It needs a current vaccination certificate and a vaccination against rabies. Because don't forget, rabies is found in Brazil and uh, they need to be sure that the dog can't um, you know, transmit rabies um, if traveling by plane. And a health certificate issued by their vet saying that's okay to travel, that the dog is healthy enough to travel. And they do have a, pat a pet passport as well. So the, the animal requires a pet passport. So this is some of the insights that um, I'm exchanging with you in regards to uh, how is the life uh, when you've got dogs in other countries. You don't see in Brazil dogs of leash areas like we see here. They've got some parks that are mostly on the weekends that people get together. In the south of Brazil, people love the er herba mate, erva mate, chimarrão. And they have like a call cuya, and they stand and chat and chat on the weekends for hours, like something we don't do here. But people go in the lovely parks, they just stand with friends and chat and chat. And the erva matches, so you've got the cuya, and you've got like a bomb that you suck the, the herb, put the herb inside, and you put hot water. And the cuya passes from your friend to the next, what's not a great hygienic thing, but. Um, yeah, and they are very proud of the Akuya, the Machi, and the Matera, all these little sets of things they take with them, very proud wherever they go and leisure time. And here, the other side is the dog. So then, when they just hang around chatting away, the dogs are there playing on the grass, on the lawns, and having a social time as well. Um, 
you, and you've got your stray dogs. Your stray dogs, they hang around lovely beaches and have their little packs, and usually one would lead the group. And I haven't seen any dog fights or anything like that, but it sometimes can happen through the, the packing order. They're trying just to establish the leader of the group. But sometimes they tend to really to live in great areas, like uh, lovely beaches uh, under some palm trees and, you know, like on the sand and just running free on the beaches. Uh, unfortunately, one of the things that tend to happen in Brazil is that, don't forget, the economical crisis has hit severely around the world, um, due to COVID and after COVID, all these economical things that have been happening and, you know, affecting worldwide uh, the populations. And then in the case of Brazil as well, uh, is a bit more severe than the last time I was there. Obviously, 2019 was prior to COVID. But then what happens is some people go take their dogs to the beach for holidays and then if they realize they can't afford keeping them anymore, they just release them on the beach at their own luck. And that is a very sad fact because can you imagine these dogs, you know, they cling to the owners. Uh, they just have all this safety, all the food, all the, the lovely uh, lo love and shelter for all this time and then they get just neglected and dumped on a beach at their own luck. And um, yeah, so sometimes what happens is uh, in some of the spots where a lot of surfing people come, the surfers, they can uh, lease a house for a while and then they befriend these dogs and the dogs stand and cling to them on the sand, laying down and looking at them going into the surf. And then the, the surfers go, come back and spend with them for a while, like adopt them for a short while because then they have to go back to wherever they came from and then the dogs are left to their own luck once again. So um, a lot of these dogs, they are not desexed. There is not this compulsory um, regulations like the, the councils here in Australia established that uh, a lot of the dogs really should be desexed by 12 weeks of age. And um, I mean, I'm not here to put my own opinion on this, but there is really not something to even talk much about. I um, went to visit a friend of mine and uh, so we had a nice dinner. And then the dog was two years of age, not just sex. And there was some behavioral issues really happening there. And I didn't want to, <laughs> you know, a friend of mine from many, many years ago and start throwing my strong opinion about, um, you know, what the dog was doing was wrong. I could have thrown a little hint here and there when the possibility arose. But and uh, they not even consider sexing dogs, you know. And a lot of the people living apartments, you're talking about capitals of the city, um, like Porto Alegre was born and raised, um, you people live in high risers, and then they have to, to get the, or they make a, a relief area for the dog when people are not at home, or outdoors working, uh, so the dog will take itself for a toilet break if nobody can come uh, half mid of the day, or the physically the person really should be have the habit of taking the dog in the morning all the way down there for a walk and for a, a, a toilet break before they hit to work. But, you know, some apartments is very, like, very, very, very high, many floors. But it's another world. And then you notice is on these uh, big apartments and big buildings, big uh, apartment blocks, the echo. The, the barking echoes a lot because a lot of concrete. And uh, you really notice straight away, especially, like, on the high rise where my father lived, there was uh, the body corporate person actually had three dogs. They were doing the right thing, taking a dog for a walk every day. But you could see the moment they got excited coming back and barking. Yes, echoes everywhere. So as long as the dogs are exercised uh, daily 
great and there are things to do, amusement, environment, enrichment. But third world countries are different, even though Brazil is a very uh, always there. In um, there's quite a lot of very rich people and well-educated um, people. You just have to understand as well that the amount of knowledge is kind of limited. And, uh, well, but that's the way it is. Um, I remember when actually last time I went via Argentina, um, I observed some stray dogs really in horrible conditions, like dogs that had serious fights with each other, the stray dogs on the street, and like, oh, severe, like, wounds, open wounds uh, at open air. And uh, this time, yeah, I moved a bit, but apart from that, uh, I didn't see any major drama. Apart from, I think, um, probably they'll do, they'll benefit with some areas of um, fully fenced or not fully fenced or flesh areas and more training on, on the recalls and stuff. But I think, uh, yeah, so I will have a little short break now and I'll join you soon and you're listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health Who make it feel all right? Don't worry about a thing. Cause Atticus Health will make you feel all right. If you got a tummy ache, or you don't feel right, or if you have a nasty rash, keeping you up at night. Don't worry, Don't worry about a thing. Don't worry. Because <laughs> Atticus Health will make you feel all right. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen with Adriana Milne. So I was going to chat with you about a local event, um, a Melbourne event that will be coming up very soon is the Dog Lovers Show that will be held from Friday, 13th of October, up to Sunday, 15th of October. And is held annually and at the location, Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Center, consider all the uh, terminology we used to call this venue was Jeff's Shed, right? A smack bang across the Crown Casino in the city center of Melbourne. So... I've been many years there. Last year I was there helping at the APDT stall as a volunteer. And um, so some of the things you're going to be having opportunity to observe at some dog shows, dog demonstrations of dog sports on the arena, some, um, you know, fly ball, some agility, some other live show competitions and demonstrations. You always have lots of stalls, a variety of products, pet products, from a variety of services being offered as well, and you can do a lot of shopping for your dog. Sometimes you've got very good specials on offer, and you've got some speakers uh, on the arena as well, talking about particular uh, topics of relevance to pet health, dog health, dog training, and uh, it's always good to go. Um, because you, it's very lively, you know, it's over three days, and even if you can't be there the whole day, part of the day, it's like so entertaining, and you get to see as well the breeders. A lot of breeders are there. Um, there's Dogs Victoria with their stall, and, and the breeders uh, expose the, the breeds so we can talk to them and about any particular breed you may be considering uh, acquiring the future for um, to own a dog. So, uh, yeah, there are... Um, 
things about pet health as well that you want to learn and talk about any veterinary behaviorist or some dog trainers or uh, simply, um, you know, doubts in, in itself and just research that you may want to do. Sometimes you've got colleges of uh, offering courses about companion animal services, you know, certificate free for box you TAFE. So, so much to do and see that I do encourage you to drop by uh, and, um, you know, support this event. So, um, other thing that I was going to say, how the, did I go during the, the six weeks that I was away from my own dog? Because it was only me who went to visit my family this time. So, yeah, it was different because I, yeah, she stayed, uh, my husband looked after my dog and uh, she actually did very well. I was a bit surprised <laughs> because my, my husband is not that experienced with dogs, but <laughs> I did a very good manual, everything written there. And I ran through um, the dog walking with him, went through the basic techniques. I didn't expect that he was going to reproduce uh, Smack bang everything that I do with her, but you know, actually, uh, we went. I went out with him a few times because previously he hasn't had so much involvement walking her. And um, no, well, I think uh, I was surprised that things were actually pretty consistent and stable when I came back. The only scenario is now that um, she was very clingy to him, but now since I was back, she's back being very clingy with me now again. You know, once again. So and I think he's a bit jealous because now he kind of lost her. All that affection, I kind of shifted a bit back to me. But I said, no, no, let's try to continue as much as possible, get involved, feeding her. Uh, the, the evening feed, that I do the morning feed, and uh, you play, continue playing with her, help me walking her a few times a, a week when I'm busy in certain days. So to keep, you know, this bonding, that's so important. I think it's very important a dog can bond with more than only one pet parent. And uh, now everything okay, like the, um, the little tablets, everything he gave was smoothly. Now she's due for a clip because she's a, a bit overgrown, but now no, she's due for a clip. Soon we'll be coming. So, and when I arrived back, what did I do? I didn't want her to notice straight away that I was back. So when he picked me up, then I dropped my bags inside the bedroom. I wanted to get changed because I had like social clothes and I didn't want it to jump all over me. So she was on another part of the house then... <laughs> I got into the bedroom, closed the door with my suitcase, got changed. And then I said to him, don't say nothing. Don't talk nothing about me, nothing. Quiet as a mouse and let her go backyard, relieve herself, toilet break. And after that, then we opened the door and she's going to see me, okay? <laughs> and that's what he did. And then when she finally uh, saw me in the beginning, like <gasps> she kind of didn't recognize for a couple of minutes and then... I start with my squeaky voice that I have. A, <laughs> I can have quite squeaky voice when I get excited. And then, oh, she she went crazy, like, oh, I can't believe it. I, you know, like a little tantrum of excitement and happiness. And that was very much fun, like seeing my dog after six weeks. Oh, it was so special. You miss them so much. And I had photos of her being sent to me, you know, via WhatsApp and whatever was happening. And, no, she seemed to be <laughs> very chill out. Um, and lucky it wasn't that wet because I was a bit worried. Oh my God, it's going to be so wet. He's not going to have a chance to walk her as regularly as I was doing before. No, but it wasn't that wet. It was actually more dry on the dry side. And um, so there was a lot of chance for her to get her exercise. But she was missing the off-leash uh, play with the dogs, with the friendly dogs, because we have a very comfortable and big backyard. But now um, since she's back to, to meet her friends, uh, that was truly special. She was 
she was over the moon when she could go to the doggy park. The couple of my favorite ones. And um, yeah, so that's been the wrap up for me. So it has been an exciting time. So now I'm back in, on deck. We're back to work. But I, I miss I miss the break. And it's just so nice sometimes to be experiencing other countries and be able to uh, witness how the the people relate to their pets, their dogs, and, uh, you know, things are different from country to country, different cultures. And, yeah, so everything is, uh, I learn with everything that I, I see and the people I talk to. I talk a lot when I travel. Uh, actually, having traveled by myself, I talk much more than if I was with my husband because I really talk. <laughs> no wonder I do a podcast. So that's as part of my wrap from my trip, a little summary of how things went for me. So I'm very happy to be back here at the studio doing the podcast Zoomies once again. And we're going to have quite exciting things coming up in the short episodes. And uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Okay, so we are waiting for the next one. I do love um, that you have an opportunity to support Radio Karen. We and so many uh, other segments, other podcasts and live shows that are here. Radio Karen is doing so well and we're so proud of the team here. Okay, so thank you so much for listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen. And I'm Adriana Milne and ciao, IGA is shopping nights. IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker.